Hello, we're the Sticky Bun Boys. I'm Scrummy. And I'm overworked. Welcome back to the podcast. We've reached the final of Series 2 of The Great British Bake Off already! Yes, they did reach their climax quite early back in the day, didn't they? What do you mean, back in the day? This is recent history. David, they had literally only just invented Spotify. It was practically the Dark Ages. Well, I remember it vividly. Point proven. Now, before we get cracking, just a wee reminder that we are moving on to Series 3 of The Great British Bake Off from next week, so please do get watching. This series is actually going to take us right up to the next live series of Bake Off, which is very exciting. Yes, actually talking of the next live series, I reckon they've just wrapped filming on the final as this episode comes out. So there'll be a rough dozen of very anxious bakers out there in the wild as we speak right now. That's such a weird thought. Right, should we get down to it? Oh, David, thought you'd never ask. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Okay, let's dive right into the final, and we're going to do a quick 60-second recap of the semi-final. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> um, was Janet in the semi-final? Was that who went out? <laughs> Janet was in the semi-final, she did leave. Ah, what was it? Was it patisserie? Was it, it first was time they did patisserie as a proper... I'm remembering some things. It was patisserie. Oh, but it was patisserie, but they didn't do a lot of patisserie. Are you was asking, or are you telling? I'm asking. <laughs> it was patisserie, and they did quite a lot of patisserie. Oh, did they? What was, well, the, what was the signature? Fingers. <laughs> yeah, iced fingers. They didn't do a lot of patisserie. They did a layered mousse cake. Oh, a layered mousse cake. Any yeah. memories of that? Um, yes, Mary Ann did like squiggly design. She did do a squiggly design, but she turned one of them the wrong way around. Yes, yeah. And the technical was an iced finger. Who came first? Joe. No. Holly. Yes. Who came last? <laughs> Janet. Correct. Showstopper with a selection of pastries, three different types of pastries. Oh. A vinoiserie, so it wasn't actually patisserie again. But like that man earlier who went vinoiserie. Vinoiserie. Oh yeah, and Janet did absolutely mahusive um, croissants that looked really weird. They're excessively large, <laughs> I think they said. Um, so who who won? Holly. Trick question, nobody. And who lost? <laughs> Janet. Janet, well done. That didn't really feel like a, like a recap, did it? That no. just felt like a quiz. It was a recap, but you knew everything. I didn't. I was reading it off my screen. <laughs> oh. So the final, generally the, the, the challenges for a final are just like whatever they want. Yeah. Um, so the signature was 12 mille feuilles, which I find hard to say like in a normal sentence. Yeah. And the spelling doesn't really help you, does it? Mille feuilles. Which are three layers of a kind of a, it's a puff pastry that's been kind of squashed with two fillings. I mean, I had two and a half hours, which is tight. It is tight. And also it's not a very nice dessert. Do you like it? I... Don't think I've had it more than once or twice. I like puff pastry when you're making like an apple turnover and it's kind of involved. When it's just plain layers of this like brittle, but it's caramelized pastry. 
Yeah, and then it's just like cream. And th- to me, I don't know. I just I'm not really a big fan. I think overall, my main issue is that it's logistically difficult to eat. Yes, like you can't like pick it up. You have to hit it with a fork, and then you, it's hard to get all the bits. And then as you hit it with the fork, everything squishes out the side, and mm. yeah. And I'm inclined to eat things separately, as we've talked before. And so I find it. I'm like my instinct when I see a milfoy is to like like eat it layer by layer. But I can't oh. do that either because then it just falls. It's quite a stressful eat. But you could pick one of the layers off and lick all the cream off and then eat it like a biscuit. I could, but I won't. Uh, so uh, um, Mary Ann um, is choosing a rough puff pastry um, and she is putting a lemon curd and a ginger puree through cream, which is a bit weird. Yeah, I kind of like the idea of doing ginger and lemon because it's such a rich dessert. Um, having like the lemon and ginger, both like a sharp and a fiery thing, kind of... The idea is there. Lemon but... and ginger makes me think of like cold medicine. Yeah, and cups of tea that like when it, you've got a cold. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make me think, oh, I'd love to eat that on a sweet. Also to pad out the time because finals are always famously very boring. They did like these weird like inserts of shots of them baking at home. And hers was like at home baking with her daughter. And it like the camera kind of panned from her baking together to look at what they were baking, which was a slice <laughs> of bread in a saucepan. <laughs> <laughs> it was like she was making toast by just putting a slice of bread in a frying pan. I was like, what is this? Yeah. Um, very strange. Yeah. Um, I felt like this episode was missing tension. Like, do you remember in series one when they eliminated somebody after the signature? I loved that. Maybe this was the start because we've always found the, the finals quite boring. Maybe mm. this was the start of the boring finals. It was a bit dull. They were doing lots of padding. I mean, there was a moment with Marianne when she was doing her piping and the bag burst. She shot her load all over. <laughs> it was a bit premature. Um, and she stayed calm though. Didn't even swear, which is wild. Well, to be honest, she's quite a rustic. And Mel pointed out that she was a rustic baker at one point because mm. she basically just didn't, wasn't face. She just scraped that bit off with her knife yeah. and kept on going. And then she kind of blamed her really horrible looking icing on Oh, it's because the piping bag burst. No, Marianne. It was a mess anyway. (laughs) Yeah, when it came to judging, they didn't really love it. They said the pastry wasn't baked long enough. And Mary said that there was a balance in flavours, but Paul didn't like it at all. But Mary only thought there was a balance in flavours because there was so much fondant icing on top. Oh, I love fondant icing. Also, she didn't... When you do your um, puff pastry for this, you're meant to put a baking tray on top to weigh it down. Mm. She didn't do that, but it kind of worked because she let it all rise up. And then as it cooled, it just flattened down just again. squished. Yeah. So yeah, th- that's actually a good point to say how they make a, a meal for you pastry. You, you make rough puff pastry like you normally would. And you put it onto your baking tray. Then you put another baking tray directly on top of that. So it tries to puff up, but that then gets squashed at the same time. Yeah, because we had a similar one in our, in our final for the technical because it was like that but you had profiteroles on it as well it was like a well, that, was your, that was your week eight no week nine. Oh yes and i remember because um alice forgot to put the baking tray on top and i looked at her oven and it literally if you don't do it it was like 50 centimeters high it goes so puffy yeah and um, puffy lovely puff pastry um joe was also making rough puff i like the sound of joe is the most i thought um raspberry and blueberry with an orange infused creme pat filling which i thought was nice to be honest this whole challenge to me felt like what they've been doing more recently where they kind of throw them under the bus because like you say joe's joe is neat as well and hers still looked really scruffy like none of them had the time to finesse you it you can't make a milfoy look nice in the tent there's no, no time. there's no way no time at all so like hers hers definitely i agree with you i liked hers. it sounded very fresh she said she practiced it more than 10 times yeah, that sounds all right, though. I did that with quite a lot of my bakes. How did you have the hours in the day? Do you not remember that cake that fell apart all those times and also in the tent? <laughs> yeah, but that one, you but you didn't practice. She was basically saying like, everything she did, she kept on saying, I've practiced it more than 10 times. Yeah, it's quite a lot. To be fair, she didn't have a job. Mm. It, then you've got more time. But... She's a grandmother. 
Yeah. A 27-year-old grandmother, however, however old she is, um, she didn't like her nuts. She wasn't happy with her nuts. No. Does so that happen she... to you often? No, I love my nuts. You love your nuts. Happy as they are. Every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but she then decided to make a praline, didn't she? Yeah. And then she had an absolute mare with the caramel because she kept on mixing it with a fork. Isn't it called praline, though? Praline. Pra- yeah, because it is a praline. I've always thought it's the same word, but a praline, I always think, is the chocolate. You know, like when it's a sm- like more like a truffle. I think I call them all a praline. Ah, oh, see, I call a praline the chocolate one and a praline when it's the whiz nuts with caramel. Well, isn't this an interesting conversation? <laughs> and we don't know what the real answer is. <laughs> but yeah, she kept stirring it with a fork and it kept going wrong. Yeah. She you... fixed it though, she sorted it. Yeah, and they really liked that. They yeah. said it wouldn't have been good without it. I thought it was interesting actually just before judging, you could see them sat on the edge of her bench and you could see them bouncing as everyone walked past and you forget that floor is bouncing. I know we've spoken about it before, but it keeps coming up. Like, you see them all wobble. Yes, and if it's something like that, because one of hers actually did fall over, yeah. and she just like slopped some more cream on it and put it back on top. <laughs> but maybe it wasn't her fault. Maybe it was the bouncy floor. So Mary um, scalped her by saying, it looks friendly and homely. Yes. If someone called my bake friendly, I think I'd jump off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> friendly and homely. Also, did you know that in America, homely means plain? Oh. They say homey. Oh. As homely, in like- like, homely literally means ugly. Doesn't homey mean like... Sup, my homie. <laughs> well, yeah, but it also means that if you go into someone's house and you say this looks homey, that's nice. If you say it looks homely, you're actually saying it's ugly and plain. Really? Yeah. Is that true or did you just make that, make that No, it's true. So basically, Mary was saying that Joe's looked plain and ugly. And she also had some quite messy piping, but overall delicious. But they said it was tasty and that's the end of the day, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Holly made flaky pastry, which is different from Rough Puff. It's not really relevant, but I wrote it down. Um, and she was doing Bonoffee-inspired uh, meal for you, which sounds like a lovely idea. My problem with it was that she was using banana liqueur, which makes me want to vomit. Oh yeah, I like banana. You don't like banana things as much, do you? Oh, I love banana, bananas. but like, I in my mind, banana liqueur tastes like those foam bananas, but liquid. Oh, and the only reason I can kind of get get over the flavor of the foam banana is that it's like, it's got texture. And you know, it's a sweet, it's kind of meant to be fake. Whereas right. a liqueur, you want it to be kind of quite fresh. And yeah, I didn't like the idea of this, to be honest. They, um, also, when she put her stuff into the oven, the oven just turned off. It yeah. was like a power cut to her oven. Which obviously wasn't, they made it seem very dramatic, but it obviously didn't do that much. No really. problems no. at all. Um, she put vinegar in, they tried to make a storyline out of that and then they couldn't <laughs> taste it. And that was, there was a nothing. Yeah. Um, overall it was fine, but she'd needed her puff too much. She she definitely needed her puff too much. Have you been needed too much before? I need a puff too much. You do. <laughs> you just can't help yourself, can you, really? Um, there was a weird moment during all of the judges, judging, which I absolutely hated. Paul got onto his knees. What? I missed this. Did bit. you not notice Paul on his knees? Uh, no. It's what was he doing? Etched into my dreams. <laughs> oh, God, not my dreams. My nightmares. <laughs> right, for, for clarity, I am not Jürgen. <laughs> <laughs> But on his knee, he was on his knees and like, so he got, got, got like down, I keep saying on his knees. But Did he was you imagine this? Was this actually one of your nightmares? Uh, <laughs> maybe reading too much of that fan fiction. Um, like he was watching them all, like check they were all level and the same height. Oh, I did see this. And yeah. it was like, it, it was very creepy because it was kind of done in silence. Like they kind of all arrived and then there was a pause and he just slowly got down. It's like they were doing it. Yeah. As if like, as if he could see any really you know if you said measuring them to see it's like they're all wonky and awful anyway so he wasn't exactly measuring them yeah it was a bit weird who would you prefer to see on their knees though paul or mary mary wouldn't get up again <laughs> stay down <laughs> so mary <laughs> 
Uh, next up was the was the technical. Then they had to make a sakatort. Yeah. Um, is that am I saying that right? Sakatort. Yeah. Sakatort. Oh no! Didn't they say zakatort? They famously couldn't pronounce anything this series. Do you know I? But I always think that Sue. Anytime Sue says something, I kind of think maybe that's true because she speaks French. <laughs> even though Sue isn't even French, probably like that trip she got to Paris for the croissant last week. <laughs> yeah. Week so she said zakatort, but I don't know. I thought it was Saka. Yeah, Zaka- I've always said Sasha Tart. So Sasha Torta. <laughs> Sasha Torta, <laughs> um, which is basically like a dense chocolate tort, and a tort is like a like a slab of cake that's dense. Yeah, I think tart in some languages just means cake. Does it? Yeah. But, but in our language, it's not like a cake. Imagine like a cake that's not been baked and is like it's like a really thick brownie that's like just all fudge. Yes, or almost like. A ganache that you've just added a tiny bit of flour to. It's like really yeah, thick and dense yeah, and smooth. Um, so it's like a, a sacca torta is a dense tort with a chocolate ganache and then have to pipe the word sacca on top. And they had two hours, 40 minutes. I always find it weird with Bake Off when they don't just round up or down. Yeah. Like two hours 30 or two hours 45 is fine, but give me two hours 40 and I don't know what to do with it. Do you know what? I do think it's quite a tough job for the, because obviously it's not polymeric, the home economists, to try and work out the time because they want to make it so it's tough but you don't want to make it so it's impossible. Right. That's actually quite a tough job, isn't it? To decide. Like, but, but also just round it up to two hours 45. Yeah, two hours 45 you know what I mean? better. Um, so Marianne is the only person who's seen a picture of this um, from many, many of her books. And Mary says that there are no instructions. They've basically been given the, the ingredients and a baking time. And that's it. Yeah. Which is kind of awful. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, because she was even saying, we've not even told them how to line it. Well, that's the least of the problems. They don't know how to line a tin at this stage. But yeah, it's quite, it's reasonably technical. They all seem to know what they're doing, though. So I wonder if there was a few instructions. Did you see Marianne at any point during this challenge? Yes, but she was doing, she was, she did it wrongly, but she was doing the right things. If she you know was I mean. having that nightmare where the, the voiceover is like, you should do this. And Marianne does the opposite. But the problem was it happened four times in a row. Uh, awful. There was one where saying, you should do it really gently, like, fold and gently. She's like, I start off by sewing vigorously. <laughs> yeah. She's got like a right sweat on. And then it was saying how you can't, you've got to be able to mix it enough so there's not of the none of the white flecks hers is literally like a marble cake it's like half white half chocolate and it literally just she just goes that'll do and you're like oh (laughs) oh god although holly when we talk about the maysam school holly in these eras they did have spatulas she was scraping her melted chocolate with a spoon from the bowl that would take about an hour and you'd still leave half it in there. Yeah, but that's what, that's what I do when I'm baking is I tend to use a spoon so that I've got the bits to lick the bowl out So afterwards. then you get the spatula, oh, it's already in the oven now, I'll just... I'll just have to lick this out <laughs> my own, on my own. Have to lick it <laughs> out. Just made eye contact with Alex there when I said that. That was a bit weird. Michael's always licking it out in the kitchen. <laughs> is that not where you lick it out? Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. don't think I want to know about that. Um, <laughs> he does it in the toilet. <laughs> so rude <laughs> and new listeners won't know you'll have to go back and find out where that reference was um holly was caught out by her loose bottom did you see she was yes. she, she ended up wearing a tin as an armband god bless <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they did that thing in this challenge where they tried to make out that ganache is a really tricky thing to do oh. they've been doing this a few times in these series where they kind of make out that something maybe because listeners don't really know what it is so much mm. they try and make out it's difficult a ganache is so easy. You literally have chocolate pieces, pour over some hot cream, 
leave it for 20 seconds and mix. Oh, I don't even do that. I At this point, I genuinely just put it all in a bowl in the microwave, 30 seconds to stir, 30 oh, seconds yes. to stir, that's, done. That's, that's the best way to do it. There was no need to do anything else. So I think that what was happening was they were trying to add, yes, of course, Mary Ann was having a shit, like a shitter of a job here, but actually there was nothing really happening. So they made the ganache seem tense when it wasn't. And then the whole Saka piping moment took about five minutes with super dramatic drums and music. And they were all just piping a word. I liked, they obviously had a lot of time. I mean, Marianne, if you actually look down on her counter, she had multiple versions of it where she'd been practicing it and doing it really well because milk chocolate, like, you know, if you've got like a thick icing, it comes out quite slow. Milk chocolate coming out of a piping bag flows. It's got, it's, it's, got a, it's got a heavy, steady flow, I would it's say. It's got a heavy flow. And she was doing it absolutely perfectly. And then she said one of the problems was that her daughter is called Sasha. Yes, is which right? is like, because Zaka is spelt S-A, is it S-A? Yeah. S-A-C-H-E-R. Yeah. And so her daughter must be S-A-C-H-A. Yeah. And she came to write it on the tot and she wrote her daughter's name. And it was sort of Sue Perkins fault, which kind of made it perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, basically when it came to judging, Mary Ann was obviously in the bottom. Um, Holly was in the middle and Joe came out on top. She did. Um, Although she did terrible writing. She was doing one letter at a time, even though it was coming out fast, and she did squiggles everywhere. Yeah, and she also started the S in the middle. Yeah. Um, which made no sense. It's but like when you take a birthday card, and you're, you're like, oh shit, I've not got enough space here. Yeah. Hate that. Plan. But texture-wise, hers looked brilliant. Um, so the showstopper was the street party with returning bakers, which means what? Rob looked very handsome, actually. Rob was back with a magnificent mane of hair he looked rested he was laughing it oh. showed him first when it said and some familiar faces it was just rob laughing like for a hair advert or oh it was lovely it was giving head and shoulders um so the showstopper was a selection of contemporary petty four um note the word petty there we'll come back to it um at least three types of bake they had to have meringue sweet pastry and sponge based and the theme was british summertime was the last final Petit Four as well? I can't remember. We famously forget what we say as soon as we say it. I thought this was four hours. That's quite tight to do so many bakes. It is. Yeah, it felt like quite a lot, especially a meringue. That's going to take out your oven for quite a long time. Um, and they, they referenced the fact that it was going to be 2011's Great British Bake Off champion. And I remember that in 2011, I was leaving secondary school. Isn't that a nice thought? Um, they've also moved the locations of all of their equipment. Did you notice this? No. They had ovens like facing the windows. So oh. I think, oh, actually, that maybe that relates to what you just said about the time because they had more than one oven. That makes, because when you just said about the meringues then, I was just looking thinking, how did they do this with four hours if you're doing meringues in an oven for an hour and a half oh, and you've got to do pastry? Yeah, you're right. The meringue it would be very difficult to dry it out in that much time. So perhaps what, that's why they got a second one. Yeah. Because you have two ovens and you're doing all three of those things. That's going to be fine. So I remember in our final, they do sometimes do that. We had two benches because obviously mm. you couldn't, there's just not enough space on those benches anyway. If you're well, doing to, a show, to be fair, they were like, depict your great aunt and her favorite pastime out of shortbread and chocolate. And pastry, and meringue, and caramel. Nightmare. Um, so, the flavours. So, Holly did strawberry and cream meringues, gooseberry and elderflower bakewell tarts. Yum. And a Neapolitan sandwich spr uh, sprunge. And he said then? Sprunge. Sprunge. <laughs> sprunge. Um, and I really liked it when she was talking about her pastries, because she looked down the barrel of the camera and she went, I used to think thick was good, but now I know <laughs> thick is bad. <laughs> Not true, Holly. Um, Not which, true. Do you think thick is good or bad? I think maybe she's just going on what Mary wants. Sure, but I quite like thin. Yeah, I do like thin and crisp. Um, thin and crisp. <laughs> thin and crisp. Um, 
A gooseberry and elderflower bakewell tart sounds absolutely incredible. All to be honest, everything everything sounded good. The thing I found annoying is when she said a Neapolitan ice cream sandwich, I thought it was going to be two layers of sponge and in the middle of it was going to be an ice cream. Mm. And it was very big. And then she made a stupid brandy snap on top that didn't need to be there. Don't know. That was the only bit that I liked. Like oh, making no. a making a making a um a flake out of brandy snap. I thought was a good idea rather than making a flake. Yeah, but it's all a bit too much. She could have finessed the thing itself and not messed around with all the extras. To be honest, I found this, I found this challenge quite dull. It Basically, was... the, more, the more different things that the bakers are doing, the more time the editors have to kind of give to each individual element, which means on this one, there was... Oh, I can't do the maths. What's three times three? Nine. Nine different bakes happening. Which is, I think, why they started doing things where it was one big thing, even though there's lots of elements to it. Yeah. If you do one big thing, like a big celebration cake, it's still only one thing. You're yeah. not having to, like, work out all the things. But then I have to say, we're going to go on to other people's as well, everything sounded so good in this final, as in it I did. wanted to eat it. Yeah. So let's go to Joe next. Joe made mini Victoria sandwiches, which is... It's dull, but it's fine. Yeah. Uh, raspberry white chocolate and pistachio meringues. And then a mini banoffee pie with a banana mousse, which is the exact same thing as Holly did yesterday. Yeah. Interesting as well how they both kind of, I don't think you should mess around with banoffee. We made a banoffee. It was oh, absolutely banoffee. spectacular. We did also mess around with it because we put crunchies and malted milks in the base. Yeah, but that's still that's still making it, basically it has to be a biscuit base. You can mess around with that a bit, but a biscuit base, it's got mm. to have the caramel, it's got to have the banana, it's got to have cream. Like, I like the idea of this, but just call it a mini banana and toffee tart. Don't call it a banoffee because it's it's messing with my brain. Uh, she was making jam and she said, oh, it's like getting a strawberry facial. Yeah. Is that what you think a strawberry facial is? No. What do you think a strawberry facial is? I think a strawberry facial is when you get a facial, but then you've got an allergic reaction and your, your skin you, goes bright red. Lovely. Love that. Um, during judging, Mary goes, you're a good girl. I, oh, talk about ick. <laughs> I was like, you're a good girl. Oh, what? She's got, she's a grandmother. It's absolutely appalling. Oh. <laughs> she did very well. Paul said that her flavours danced on his tongue, hmm. which is an interesting visual metaphor. But then he also went, it goes ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling in my mouth. And I was like, Paul, <laughs> what <laughs> are you taking? Hey, get off your knees. Um, <laughs> it was horrible. They did literally love everything that she did. Um, they did say about her meringues that they were very soft and difficult to eat. Hmm. And when things are too soft, it can be quite hard to kind of get your teeth around it. Teeth around it? Well, how else are you eating your meringues? Oh, uh, lips. <laughs> Take my teeth out. And then finally, there was Marianne, um, who made fruit tarts with elderflower custard. Lovely. Um, rhubarb cheesecake and black fruit meringues with everlasting syllabub. And everyone just kept talking about everlasting syllabub like it was a thing that we all know what it is. I was waiting all the way through. I was like, everlasting gobstopper was from Charlie and Chocolate Factory. I was like, I know what that is. What is everlasting syllabub? It made me think. I wonder whether it was like a, like the singular version of a syllabus because syllabus <laughs> is a plural and a syllabub is a singular. I, I, I was like, now we're going to get a BB and they're going to tell us what a syllabub is. I still, to this day, do not know what a syllabub is. Oh, I know what a syllabub is. So, I always thought I knew what a syllabub I don't know what an everlasting syllabub is. what's a syllabub? Is. Isn't a syllabub where you get a cream and then you kind of, you put like a fruit, uh, citrus juice in it and it kind of thickens it naturally. As in curdles it. It doesn't really curdle it, though, it just thickens it. I think that's what a syllabub in is. In my mind, it was an exotic fruit. <laughs> <laughs> but what's an everlasting syllabub? But one that lasts forever. But it can't last forever. Well, maybe that's what they're doing with the cream. Mm, cream does know. go off after a while. It does. It just goes a bit claggy, doesn't it? Let's move on. Um, so apparently it looked amazing. Uh, apparently. I think, I think it looked all right. Yeah, I thought all her things looked... Because for her, she's very... We've said she's very heavy-handed, quite mm. rustic. 
quite big and cumbersome in her bakes. Whereas this looked nicely refined, neat, tidy. And the flavours sounded really nice. Paul was a bit of a dickhead. Yeah. He was like, this is a huge disappointment. And Mary tries to soften it. Then he goes, this is revolting. Yeah. What a horrible thing to say. (laughs) Like, revolting. To describe someone's bake as revolting is when something like disastrous It's goes when wrong. you're like retching. Yeah. Like it's not, it was, it felt like he was just trying to make a storyline here. And revolting would really, be like if you put salt in instead of sugar or something. Yeah. And it felt really cruel. Um, I did skip the deliberations because I didn't want to know. I, I, I was a bit, I find that whole bit very boring. Um, but who did you think was going to win? I thought, I thought Joe had smashed all three challenges. I felt like, yeah, I felt like over the series it was going to be Holly. Yeah. But then in this episode, it it was it couldn't not be Joe. And no offense, Holly, she was a little bit desperate because in her little voiceover thing, she was like, "Well, I hope they take everything into account, including all the previous weeks." Good luck, Holly. No, spoken like somebody who only won on the final challenges. <laughs> well, I won it, but like, <laughs> but she, you're not going to do it. It has to be down to the final, and Joe smashed the final. Yeah, and Joe won, obviously. Um, not a surprise after that episode, but a really lovely winner. I thought she got the weirdest trophy right ever it was like basically a massive goldfish bowl with like an upside down bouquet of different in, cooking utensils yeah and then some eggs in there or something and a lemon like, squeezer on top it was so bizarre mortifying she was speechless and so would i be if i'd been given that yeah. crock of shit <laughs> and we have our winner Congratulations, Joe! A very worthy winner. Yes, congratulations. Although I'm not sure she'll care very much anymore. It's been over a decade since. She actually did really well after the show. She had two books and set up a cookery school. So better than you then? Well, I actually have five books. One coming out this September. Available in all good bookstores. And some bad ones too. Anyway, let's get back on track. This week's taste test is from Mark over on Twitter, and it's a bit different. He would like us to explain our approach to eating a magnum. And just to clarify for international listeners out there, he means the ice cream and not the condom brand. Well, we might approach both the same way. You never know. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, it's us, advertising our only plans again. If everyone just joined it, we could probably talk about this a little bit less, to be honest. Actually, if we all just make a point to pause the episode right now and go to patreon.com forward to sticky bun boys to sign up, then we can stop doing these ads forever. Nice plan. For a small handful of change, you'll get access to early and ad-free episodes, as well as bonus content, including regular Q&As, access to our online community, and much more. Plus, you get a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling knowing you're helping us to keep doing the podcast. What more could you ask for? Whew, thank goodness this is the last ad we'll ever do. For this week anyway okay magnum chat michael i'm quite specific about how i put really yeah. uh, doesn't surprise me at all <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna guess actually i think you do like a a, cr- a quick crunch so it kind of cracks everywhere and then you pick off each piece each shard of chocolate separately i don't you're right but i do it all with my tongue david oh do you yeah so i <laughs> i kind of i you're right i'll put the tip in and i'll just like crack it and then i'll like peel off the top bit of my tongue and just eat the chocolate and basically i nibble the sides like the kind of thin sides and then i take off like the face and the rear in like one fell swoop so basically i'm left with all all ice cream and no chocolate and then it's got like a little like chocolate shelf it's sitting on and then i put the whole thing in my mouth and i kind of like go and so i kind of like scoop i scoop off you know how with a toasted marshmallow you kind of put the whole thing in your mouth and scoop off the toasted bit so you're getting all of the just melted ice cream you're taking that off each time Uh, exactly exactly like that until there's nothing left and then i put this i put the stick in my mouth and i kind of put my mouth over the shelf of chocolate that's left and pull it off then oh yeah because it's quite tough that bit that's stuck Mm. to the stick and then what i really enjoy with the stick <laughs> Careful. Huh? Is you get the stick nice and wet. It's not flared. <laughs> it's not flared. You're gonna get cancelled again. Um, I, I I wet the stick as much as I can, and then I like to kind of bend because when you make when you make sticks wet, they bend like wood wood bends, and then it's then it sets in its bend shape. So the the game I then play is I wet the stick and I bend it slightly, and I keep bending it with my goal to make it into a nine into like a is it a ninety degree angle? Oh, before it breaks. Before it breaks. There you are. Wow, this is a... I mean, I literally just eat it. <laughs> but how? I just... I, I, I don't think I even do the same thing each time. I think sometimes <laughs> I like peel the chocolate off. Sometimes I just chomp it. Sometimes oh. I suck it really slowly. Sometimes I just like... You suck leave, the chocolate? Leave my tongue on the chocolate fridge so it starts melting. Also, I quite like the nutty ones. I like the magnums that have got loads of nuts in the chocolate. The almond ones. Yeah. And I quite like the one that's got a bit of caramel wedged between two layers of so chocolate. I've got lots of questions. Um, because you do them all... When you are um, putting it all in your mouth, do you mean it's like with the chocolate as well? Yes. Oh, and when I was saying that one, I was meaning the mini magnums, actually. I, could, I don't think I could do that with a big magnum. I haven't got oh, a right, big right. mouth. No, I probably could, but yours doesn't open wide enough. But like, if you were to put it in with a chocolate, and then are you like applying any pressure or are you just like licking the chocolate? Applying a little bit of pressure, but just, just a bit with my tongue, but mainly licking the chocolate, yeah. Because licking chocolate doesn't like, if the chocolate's cold, you're not going to get anything. There's no, nothing you got to leave it in there for a while. Oh, so you're going you're to put it all in and just hold it for a couple of minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and then when it starts cracking, I like, to be honest, 
I'm not a massive fan of chalk icy type things. Oh, I love a chalk ice. Really? Mm. I like more icy things. I like ice uh, ice lolly type things more. You're like a sorbet. Yeah. A sorbet. Um, so when you're chomping, if, when you're chomping, your teeth quite cold? Yeah. Do you know what I've always found? I don't have very sensitive teeth. Mm. I can just chew on ice cubes, chew on ice cream. See, I don't. I don't want to have cold teeth. And I also famously like to eat the individual components of anything separately. So having the chocolate and the ice cream together is just not... I wonder if our favourite ice cream brand, Hackney Gelato, could actually do a, a link up with Magnum. That would be something special. Hmm. I would want to have, you know, their pistachio, almond and lemon ice cream. Mm-hmm. That with a dark chocolate covering. Oh, that would be lovely. We could probably do that at home, to be fair. Let's do it. Um, so Mark, we're going to find out how he likes to eat his. He says, I like to unwrap it. Let it come to room temperature a bit. You know, it's ready when it's a bit sweaty. Then I'm a chomper. I bite the top off and keep going till it's all gone. <laughs> I wow. didn't like the way that you kind of, I don't know, you made it very erotic. It didn't need to be. I wasn't even trying. <laughs> I was just reading it out. It is important to make it sure it's at room temperature though. <laughs> it is true. So, X Olympics. We're in the qualifiers of the, the qualifiers of the Olympics. So basically one of these X is going to make it through to the final. Only one? Well, if they're good, maybe. But there might be one of the fastest losers, but probably just one. Should we do one. like one and a golden buzzer? Yeah, one and a golden buzzer. Yeah. Um, I might add one in as well, because I got one today that I remembered. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So, first one, when someone asks the server what the soup of the day is. <laughs> <laughs> I always do that. I give myself the ick. Because I genuinely want to know, but I hate having to do it. How mortifying. I hate it, but I actually hate it when you open a menu and it says soup of the day. I'm like, I'm going to have to ask now and I'm going to look like I'm an idiot. <laughs> I also hate when you're at a table and everyone's ordered and then the server comes and they kind of stand on the table with the food and the, the one person that that food corresponds to is not paying attention. <laughs> and I get a secondhand ick for the waiter who's just stood there holding this chicken. <laughs> and then I'm sat there like, well, I know it's not my chicken. So I'm just kind of like staring around and everyone starts getting sweaty about the chicken apart from the single chicken eater who's not paying attention awful awful we actually had that when it was your birthday and we went had dinner for your birthday yes that was some that happened to one of these i was like pointing out you know when you're the person like it's over there this person's having that because the waiter was coming around and no one was paying any attention to what he was saying it's quite stressful it's a very stressful situation would you ask for the soup of the day Never. Oh, really? Never. <laughs> Even if you wanted soup, you'd yeah. either just say, I'd like the soup, or you just don't have it. I wouldn't have it. I uh. genuinely wouldn't, unless the, what I love is that a waiter comes over and they're just like, so, you know, the soup of the day is this, the fish of the day is this, whatever, yeah, whatever. That, that, then I might have it. But if I'm not told <laughs> or I can't see the information, I will not eat it. I can't see it anyway, because sometimes it's on a board and I'm blind, so I, don't, I just give up. <laughs> but it is so, like, if I was sat opposite you and you were like, oh, excuse me, what's the soup of the day? I'd go, Ugh. I think it was horrible. Even though, got to leave. Sorry. <laughs> I've just remembered I have I have a plan to be anywhere else. <laughs> anywhere else, there is not a soup of the day. <laughs> so, take me to Greg's, I'll be fine. <laughs> still restaurant themed. How about, is this a Nick, using a knife and fork to eat pizza? <laughs> I mean, I do it. Do you? I do it. I've had pizza with you. I can't remember. At home, I don't. But if I'm out, I like to be dainty. <laughs> You're not dainty. <laughs> do you take little tiny little mouthfuls? But I do find it confu- Do you know what I do find confusing when I use a knife and fork to eat a pizza? Is that it ends up coming out square. How? As in, like, I cut a piece off, but I cut it as a square rather than cutting it as a triangle. Oh, okay. Because I don't cut wedges. I just kind of tuck into it and work through it. 
I would do it, but I would if there was a slice, mm. I would go straight halfway through it. So I've got one bottom triangle bit that's really juicy and full of all the juicy stuff. And then I'll cut the other bit into two pieces. I think maybe it's because when it comes to you in a restaurant, it's not been pre-cut. Oh, yes. I and like, always... you know what I think is worse than using a knife and fork to eat a pizza is like personally wedging your pizza. That's <laughs> mortifying. Personally <laughs> wedging your pizza. Isn't that awful? <laughs> yeah. If I was sat opposite like a date and they just started cutting their pizza into wedges... <laughs> Again, I would have to leave. I do that in Francomancas, though. Do you not do that in Francomancas? We've been to Francomancas together, and I don't remember how we do it. I mean, we inhale our pizzas. We're usually very, very hungry. (laughs) Whenever we go out for dinner next time, we're both going to be so uncomfortable the entire time. Do you know, my thing with this is, I don't mind so much if someone uses a knife and fork to get a pizza. What I hate is when someone puts the knife on the pizza and then drips it apart with the fork, instead of holding it with the fork and cutting with the knife. My sister does that. It does my head. It's like, when, who brought you up? Well, your parents is is the answer to that question. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next one. This one's from me today is when you're in the gym and people, you say, stood next to someone in the gym, basically, almost shoulder to shoulder. And they start like flexing in the mirror and lifting their top up to look at their abs. It's like, I'm here. I can see you. This is embarrassing. <laughs> Such an ick. So your ick is straight man is the answer. Yeah, right? basically. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and everything else they do. Um, how about people say espresso? <laughs> <laughs> every every single year on Bake Off, without fail, someone is making an espresso flavored cake. If not multiple people, multiple people, um, and I. I loathe it. In my town, I went into a coffee shop when I was back and they'd actually written espresso on the board. How and bad also, is that? If you're British, just say coffee. Just say coffee, yeah. darling. Just say coffee. Especially if you can't say it properly. Mm. In fact, I actually looked it up once and it's espresso. You actually put like a lot of a lot of emphasis on the okay. double S. Just as a quick follow-up ick. <laughs> if somebody went into a shop and asked for an espresso, I would simply... Leave the air. I would. That's a truth. I wouldn't do it because that's one of those things. Actually, when people are speaking normally and then they just change it just for a single word. So it's like, food. oh, I made this, this really lovely torito and red pepper, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, stop it. <laughs> My favorite is eleven risotto. <laughs> yes. Well, like the other week, on, it was on Bake Off, and he was like, I went to this little patisserie in France. And I hate it so. Much. I definitely do it. I definitely do it for some words and not others. Oh, honestly, the biggest ick in the entire world. But would you like it if? What's worse then, if someone says a tortilla or if someone says a tortilla oh that's a good question because it's the kind of middle bit where you just say a tortilla yeah but if someone went tortilla or they went tortilla tortilla i think i'd almost prefer tortilla even if freya did it a tortilla everything for this is great but like i genuinely think i'd rather they pronounced it wrong than pronounced it too correctly (laughs) okay last one the word breast especially if it's said slowly breast oh i quite like that i don't mind breast (laughs) <laughs> That's not what I heard. <laughs> breast. How slowly? Breast. No, that's nicer now. That was nice. I yeah. quite like that. So basically, whoever put that one, whoever wrote that one in, just say even slower and it goes back to being good again. I quite like the T at the end of that. That was nice. So which is the ick of the day? Which one's oh, won the Olympics? I mean, I quite liked quite a few of these. Um, it has to be a food one. It's going to be Super the Day I, or Espresso. It's Super the Day because I'm definitely with Super the Day as well. Super the Day goes through. But Espresso. Espresso is good as well, but Super the Day definitely. I'm not going to blow my my buzzer too soon, but honourable mention for the Espresso. <laughs> and can someone, by which I mean not me, so hopefully producer Alex, write down that because we'll forget next week. <laughs> Please so keep them coming in though, because I love these icks. It's such a fun game. I also realise I'm perhaps just like a walking, talking ick, but that's fine. <laughs> Don't not. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. We are going to go. Do you know, we've slightly neglected our inbox in some ways. I mean, I know all these came in the inbox, but we've not had like a questioning one. For we a haven't while. had a questioning one. So here is one. This is from Alison. And she says, hey, guys, I'm an American who's married to a Brit. I listen weekly and love you two. I wanted to help provide some clarification for you regarding crisps, buckles and crumbles from the most recent episode. When was, was that quite then? Quite a long time ago. Oh, was it? Sure. <laughs> it's because we've, we've not been looking at these for a while. Sorry. Over here, my mum makes apple crisp, which is the same thing as an apple crumble, except the crumble is slightly different. It's oat and brown sugar based, so it's got a crisp texture on top. My crumble always has oats in. Oh, I don't put oats in my crumble. Oh. Because you don't get the gummy bit in between. Yeah, true. I don't know. I think my mum's always done it. In Scotland, isn't there another word for one where it's got crumble in? Uh, when it's got oats in? Granola. <laughs> no, that's not Scottish. <laughs> no, I know. Just because it's a Scottish think, accent. Maybe they're at Cranachan. Uh. Oh, Cranachan's different though, yeah. That's the only thing that you put anyway, um, Then buckles are the same sort of thing and are sometimes called a cobbler. Well, a cobbler's not buckles. So basically any fruit base with a cake crumble-like topping. See, for us, a cobbler is more like it's, it's got a cake topping, definitely. Like a peach, a peach cobbler. It's like a cake, like a spongy cake. Yeah. Which it says that with a cake or crumble-like topping. Or crumble, yeah, but not crumble-like. So maybe a buckle is a crumbly, a crumbly one and a, and a cobbler is a cakey one. We're working this out ourselves, Alison. <laughs> and that's... Uh, all that's to say that we've basically stolen your dessert, the crumble, and made it more complicated and called it loads of different names. I mean, it's like the transphobia that we had here. They just took that and just made it a hundred times worse <laughs> and gave it back to us. And it was awful. It's true. That's awful. Alison, thanks for bringing that up. Um, Sophie has written in. Sophie says, hey, boys, thanks for the podcast. I know it's currently Pride Month for y'all. Oh. So I was wondering, is it Pride Month for Doll as well? Y'all? And Doll. Who's they, Doll? Well, them. <laughs> so that's how it works, my love. Is theirs in, is theirs in June as well? Why is she saying y'all? Because it's like, oh, is she straight? <laughs> I thought she was meaning it's Pride Month for you in, in the UK. But she has said y'all, which means you have to do the rest in the, oh, Lord Jesus, there's a fire. No, but you're better at doing that accent than me. Not famously not. <laughs> so I was wondering what advice you have for your, oh, here it is, the straight allies, uh, to help support and celebrate. I've seen Michael say a lot online that it's not just about Pride Month, which makes sense, but it's sometimes hard to know where to start to support y'all. So any advice you can give would be great. Love y'all, love y'all, keep them sticky. She loves y'all. <laughs> Live, laugh, love y'all. <laughs> Live, laugh, toast the bath. Um, I think it's really interesting. How do you think people can support people for Pride? That's a really nice question. I've never really thought of it because we always talk about allies. Um, I think support i don't know you don't have to, it doesn't mean you have to go to pride events mm. it doesn't mean you have to dress up with rainbows i think trying to make a safe environment for people making people know that they're welcome and that you're happy for them to be in that space celebrating um but I, you also can celebrate as well i read a really interesting tweet recently um which was about this person being like i don't wear my rainbow badge for you I wear it for the closeted gay kid in my in that in this in this school environment, so they know that I support them even if they aren't out yet. So like that, I'm creating a safe space for that person by showing support, and I think that's a really lovely way of kind of thinking about it. It's like it's not just enough to be like, oh yeah, I support gay rights, but like little actions make big waves, and showing yourself to be an ally with a pin badge is an amazing thing i do think it's important to say though just wearing a lanyard for pride month and then just taking it off again at the end of the month i don't think that's enough that's no. just like jumping on a bandwagon but like wearing a pin badge with a queer with a pride flag or something on it 
or like a rainbow sock or whatever it is for the full year round is an amazing thing. But I also think like at this point specifically, and sorry to get political, um, we're in like a really dangerous, scary place at the moment. Like I have had, I think it's four or five friends be attacked mm-hmm. um, in the last month. And we're at time of recording, we're recording this in Pride Month in June. And that's been in London, which is like a queer accepting city in the most part i was called a faggot walking home two days ago because i had a fan in my hand like it happens regularly and actually at this point yes it's lovely wearing a pin badge but like that isn't stopping those things happening Mm. so i think now we need to really god i'm really on my soapbox but like pride came from protest and it came from action and we need to be taking action you need to be looking at your legislators looking at who you're voting for looking at your mps looking at looking at the politicians in places of power looking at their voting record looking at what they're saying about people with who are lgbtq plus now and vote for the people who are supporting them not those who are against them and turn up at don't just turn up at pride turn up at protests that's the thing because it's all about activism right if you're going to be an al- a true ally it's not about just like walking around with a starbucks mug that's got rainbows on it right. you've got to be part of the activism as well mm-hmm. and i would say at the moment yes wearing the pin badge wear the pin badge that supports trans rights yes because yes we might get called faggot and things but what's happening to trans people at the moment is definitely the worst yeah. and they need to feel safe yeah, we're at the moment in the UK, we're moving towards Section 28, which is a horrible thing that happened uh, in the past. But like, we're really lucky to have reached the age that we've re- reached. I know you've reached like a, a really a grand age, actually. Grand old age. <laughs> but like, we're lucky to have reached this age. Like people, even like 10, 20 years ago, wouldn't have reached our age because of the AIDS crisis and the way the politicians looked at them then. And we need to be fighting. We need to be pushing forward. A really interesting thing that I read recently said that being an ally is a doing word rather than a being word. And I think that's the biggest takeaway you can take from it. You can't just call yourself an ally. You need to act as one. Do it. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Please keep on sending your icks, stories, questions and thoughts either by email at stickybumboys at gmail.com or to our socials at stickybumboys. We really do read everything. Even if we don't talk about it every week. <laughs> if you would like bonus content, including a bonus Meet the Bakers episode this week, please do join our OnlyFans at patreon.com forward stroke stickybumboys for just the price of a coffee each month. And remember, if you can't afford to join us there, don't worry, you can still support us by subscribing and reviewing us wherever you find your podcasts. It really helps other people to find us. And we will see you next week for the first episode of Series 3. Keep them sticky. Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Band Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off, or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Very professional, David. In one breath. (laughs) We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we? (laughs) Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.